Yeah, it makes you think about like scheme as your put a scheme. Scheme. Wow. I didn't know uh, Sean Connery was joining us to, <laughs> to talk about IDP. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, your 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 attention, please. Your attention, please. Your attention, please. And now the moment we've been waiting for is here. All right, this is the Bo Knows Fantasy Football Podcast. We are back. It is midway through October, autumn, fall. If we were uh, in a place where seasons happened, you know, we'd see the changing of the leaves. It'd be beautiful right now. I don't know about where y'all are at here on the west side of LA. It was 90 degrees today, so uh, what fall? Uh, joining me, of course, is the Commissioner Justin Uh are you guys already? You guys are a Halloween household. Are you like are you in Halloween prep mode? Are you like in the season, the spooky season over there? Uh, yeah, man, we got the these ghosts that are actually made out of sheets all over the front yard. They're pretty cool. Uh, Edie picked up some gravestones at Target. We got that everywhere. Uh, lots of cobwebs. We got like the caution tape up on the garage. You know, it was a big big power play this year. So yeah, feeling feeling Halloween. We, fall is taking a little bit longer. Uh, it's definitely looking a little like fall, but we've had kind of like an extended summer here, so not quite fall yet. Can't really complain about the extended summer. I mean, maybe after you know a year or two back in California, I'll feel differently. But um, I know back on the East Coast, I'd always feel like you could feel the heat and the sunshine just like disappearing, and and you know you're in for a long winter, and you know just outlook gets bleak at that point so uh extended summer i was very happy to step out today and feel nice and warm and, and still in my shorts uh, well like all things that can't be enjoyed anymore extended summer means that there's still wildfires all over washington and the smoke is so bad that we can't go outside or do anything wow. interesting so beautiful <laughs> the rain is coming this weekend and we're all pretty stoked about it <laughs> yeah super cool um what do you guys hand out what are your candies that you guys like typically go do you do like the uh mixed bag or do you guys have like you know you go to your preferred candies um i don't know we're never here to pass out candy so not not something we're going to put out a bowl um or something this year because we're going to be somewhere else trick-or-treating ourselves so always, always moving out yeah in um and our place in Boston, you know, just the way our house was, we were in one of those triple decker, you know, like East Coast style houses. Uh, and you've been there, you know, we had, you know, there's like a front door for the house and then there's our front door, which is upon the third floor. So we've got like two layers of protection from trick-or-treaters, which means we never saw any in the five years that we were there. Uh, in our new place, we're a little bit more down to the ground. I'm not sure what, uh, what trick-or-treating is like in this neighborhood. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of wondering, like, I, I, we're definitely going to have to get some candy because I'm expecting at least, you know, a couple of visitors. And I'm wondering, you know, for the first time in, I don't know, however long, should I dress up? Should I be like a spooky skeleton handing out candy? You know, is, uh, uh, I don't know. It's It's been a long time for me since I, I, I got to do anything for Halloween. So I'm wondering if maybe I should uh, give it a shot. Yeah, it's our first year since I think Edie was like one at doing a, a family group costume too. So we're we're doing um, we're all spirited away characters. Uh, Very cool. We look, we look pretty. We look pretty good. I think. Uh, okay, so Ashley's uh, picture with the you know the frog and the the kimono that was part of the costume. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, I was like looking at it. It was so funny. It was like every time I looked at it, it was cracking me up. Uh, but I couldn't like rule out the fact. That like, oh, you know, Ashley just happened to get a frog, uh, you know, like jumper or whatever, and then just happened to have a kimono and like put the two or two together, you know, like 
impromptu cosplay. But <laughs> very, well, so what are you? What spirited char- what character are you? Uh, so Ashley's a you know the the frog. I don't remember his name. Uh, Edie is No Face because she's obsessed with No Face. Um, so I mean, you've seen the movie. Why, why don't yeah. you hazard a guess at, at who I am? Oh, you like I would hope you're. I forget her name, but like the 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 witch that runs. You know, the Ooh, house. good good guess, but no, yeah, no. Oh, I don't know. Are you going to be Haku, the the cool edgelord? Also a great guess and something I almost came back to because my primary costume wasn't going to work out. But I am playing the titular main character, the 10 year old girl, Chihiro. Oh, that's awesome, dude. So I, can't, I, I, got my, I got my outfit. Um, I had to get like a, a triple XL because they do not make that costume for fully grown men. Um, but, you know, if it's if it's well enough, I'm pretty, pretty excited. Dude, that's super sweet. Uh, Spirited Away, great movie. I think uh, Ryan and asked when Ashley posted that picture of her costume, like, what is this? And I don't know if, you know, maybe it had slipped his mind or potentially I thought maybe Ryan has not seen this movie. So you haven't taken a chance to see Spirited Away. Uh, yeah, we've been working our way through the, all the the Studio Ghibli movies. It's, it's taken a while, um, but I'm just completely blown away. I knew that everybody loved them. Um, it made me kind of worry, you know, and stuff is like hyped up too much, but um, they're just incredible. I'm trying to imagine what it'd be like to grow up with like these movies instead of Disney movies, because they're just like so just trippy and just in- like incredible messaging and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, they're like, they, you know, they, I guess they qualify as kids movies, but to me, they, they're like so much deeper than a lot of like the Disney stuff and, you know, deal with some serious shit. How's Moving Castle to me is like one of the coolest things uh, that's uh, the next on our our list we haven't watched that one yet i love it love it um but yeah it's super cool i'm glad uh, you guys are doing something man halloween at your guys' place sounds fun uh you know maybe i should go up there and and learn a few things um i do have a, a a small halloween treat for you and it's not really a treat for you so much as it might be a treat for me um but uh basically just uh, due to some work stuff that's going on, my company is trying to uh, bribe uh, our goodwill by sending us boxes of you know snacks and treats. Um, and so I got a, a box with a bunch of assorted candies, you know, got a lot of great stuff that I like. And then yeah, I'm at the point of the box where um, you know it's kind of like the the leftovers, the stuff I'm not super interested. I'm staring at a bag of one of your favorites, Justin. Can you hazard a guess? um swedish fish swedish fish and uh wow, what a great guess <laughs> yeah i always uh i always talk trash on on them and i guess indirectly you uh saying you know oh swedish fish are like still still gummy bears and you're like you're always saying that i don't know what i'm talking about um in all honesty i don't know if i've had swedish fish in 15 years it's it's been quite a while they're so great. I just, uh, we got a care package from Ashley's parents last night and there was some uh, Swedish fish in there. Immediately ate the entire box. Nice. One um, sitting. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, my gift here to you, I'm going to, I've got this bag here. I, I'm going to open it up right now and, uh, you know, I'm going to try it again and I'm going to try to like come at this from a neutral standpoint. Um, <laughs> you know, really like reset my expectations. Um, I found, you know, just general life tip, you know, if you, if you're ever finding yourself holding on to like an idea or a thought uh, that you've had, you know, maybe your whole life, uh, but maybe for a long time. And you ask yourself, like, now, why do I actually feel this way? Or why? How do? What are the associations here? And you can't actually like name specifically what happened to make you choose that thing. It's probably time to revisit that. So I'm going to do that live here. I'm going to pop out a Swedish fish. 
Um, question for you. I thought they were like multicolored, but these ones all appear to be red. Is that normal? Uh, yeah, they're, they're all red. That's good. Usually reds are the good flavors. I'm like picking out the reds. Um, yeah, like all red starburst, you know, yeah. how much better can it get? All right. I've popped one in and, um, I can definitely see <laughs> this is a great radio. I know. I could definitely see where maybe I got the stale from. Cause it's like, if you're expecting like gummy bear gooiness, um, you know, it's definitely not that, but I, they're not stale. They're it's chewy as hell. Um, it's a nice, very, uh, full kind of chewy texture that's pleasant. And yeah, like a good red flavoring for candy. So I'm kind yeah, of how's, how's the mouth feel? Um, mouth feels a little weird as just since I, I'm only chewing on one side of my mouth since I had some uh, dentistry done earlier this week, but, uh, the, the right, the, the mouth feel in that area. Yeah. It feels like I'm eating, you know, pretty decent red candy. So I don't oh. know, Justin, I, I might have to, you know, bump this up to my, my tier list, maybe from a, like a D to a C. How's that sound? I love it. Um, a lot of the, the those candies get like a bad rap because they're not as popular and people like you Zinga. say like, oh, you know, it tastes stale. Sometimes it is stale. You know, they don't sell them very often, but they got a long shelf life. So they've been sitting there a long time. Um, so it can vary from, you know, bag to bag, but Swedish fish are incredible, even when that's they're stale. True. Yeah, that, that's a, you know, that's something I should think about a lot more because, you know, if, especially if I'm comparing it to like Haribo gummy bears, uh, you know, those bags aren't going stale. Like people are popping those up. People are like lining up outside the 7-Eleven opens uh, somehow and they are popping in to get those Haribos right away. Whereas, yeah, the lesser, you know, the, the sweeter fi Swedish fish, the others not as popular might be sitting there for a couple weeks. But um, yeah, apologies to all the Swedes and all the fish. Um, <laughs> Not as bad as I thought. It's actually quite pleasant. Quite wow, pleasant. Yeah. all the way up to a C. Feeling good. Yeah, we'll see. I'll I'll uh, I'll finish this bag a little bit later. I don't think eating the whole bag right now would be great radio. Although you know, you and I, we could make it work. But um, yeah, I'll definitely report back. Uh, you know, maybe it'll get, it'll get bumped higher, but uh, we'll see. It's a definitely you know, it's it's been a life changing experience for me. So I, I think that's pretty good. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess before we get into all the, the news and stuff we had to talk about, did we uh, happen to get blessed by any mailbag or, uh, or hotline today? Um, no hotline. I'm not sure that the hotline is up, for for being honest. I need to check it. But um, we do have some mailbag here. I just drag this into the right window here. Um, wow. From a super fan. Keep up the great work, guys. A plus fantasy content. You are some of the best fantasy podcasters in the business. Listening to you guys is the highlight of my week. Signed the Bono super fan. That's very kind of you. Bono yeah. super fan. Uh, Justin, I think the secret to our success compared to j just the fantasy industry in general is, you know, we don't miss a lot. Um, you know, uh, if you look at the average, you know, expert out there, they're making their picks each week and like, how often are they actually hitting? How often are they missing? We don't miss a lot. And uh, I mean, <laughs> we don't do that because we don't like make those picks, but I think the fact that we're not out there failing, uh, week after week is definitely a, a plus in our favor. Yeah. I was going to ask, uh, how many podcasts are you listening to this season? Fantasy wise, I, I would like to say zero because it feels like zero. Um, but basically, I listen to like two or three JJ Zacharyson uh, podcasts because they're like 10 to 15 minutes long. 
Um, so I basically, it's like the dog walk thing. I, I take the dog around the block for 10 minutes, 15 minutes and listen to that. But yeah, I'm, I, aside from that, not much at all. I've, I've kind of felt like lately, I think we, we might've talked about this, uh, at the draft with some folks, but feels like lately they just kind of pollute the mind. You know, there's so many ideas, so many takes and, and stuff. And sometimes, you know, you gotta like get, get the other people's opinions out, you know, get the general consensus out of your head and just kind of like make the decision based on what's good for your team and our special league. You know, we have our own special rules and stuff. So I don't know. How about you? Are you doing a lot of podcasts? Um, I'm listening to quite a few. Um, I'm not sure how great it's been, Um, but man, some of these guys are starting to bug the shit out of me. I really need to like (laughs) unsubscribe from certain podcasts that I listen to. Um, the, you know, the, I, I've complained about this for a while, but a lot of the content like kind of, uh, you know, talks about DFS stuff a lot, which isn't, it may be interesting. It also may not be interesting. Um, when they get into like talking about percentage ownership, stuff like that, that, you know, isn't really applicable. But the thing that I really can't stand is listening to these guys get on. And a lot of the podcasts are guilty. They explain why they made every bad decision that they made from the week before. Um, that one is really obnoxious. Um, I feel like, uh, Zachary Eason does that a lot. Uh, and then the other one that really annoys me is when they come on and they brag about a bunch of plays that they made in DFS that they absolutely did not discuss on the previous podcast. Yeah. So those are, those are my two pet peeves this season. Yeah. I really, it, it really annoys me even as a DFS player and I'm, I'm playing a lot of DFS this season. Um, it really annoys me when they like cross over. Like if you're doing like a regular fancy football league podcast, I don't want to hear any, uh, DFS. And even worse to me than that is just, uh, doing regular, like betting and like picks and over under and all that kind of stuff. Oh, we're going to get spread. It's like, I did like, it's bad enough on fancy Twitter. Like basically anyone, any fantasy expert that you're following is probably doing some amount of content with, you know, just the regular, like, uh, sports betting stuff. But yeah, it's, it, it, there's no need for that. That's why I like, you know, ETR established run, they do specific podcasts for a specific thing. And then, you know, they have their more like general ones, but you know, not too much crossing the streams. I don't like that. Yeah, uh, Twitter, I think, has been especially bad because um, uh, just everybody is doing prop bets now. And that's all they tweet about. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, MVS is definitely going to get more than 40 yards this week. And I'm like, dude, who fucking cares, man? Yeah, it's kind of weird, like looking at that stuff. If you're actually looking for, you know, say you're looking for tweets on MVS because it's, oh, man, I have a sit start decision. You know, then you got to like translate it. It's like, okay, well, Matt Barry says that he's taking the over on 70 yards. <laughs> so if that's like three catches. Okay. Am I happy with eight and a half points? <laughs> you know, so it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely annoying. I don't know. I don't, I haven't done any of the like sports betting sort of stuff. That stuff doesn't seem interesting to me really in that realm. The DFS is, it's just like extra fantasy. So, you know, it makes sense, but I don't know. Regular sports betting hasn't really drawn my interest too much all right when are we going to have the episode ranking the team uniforms i mean that's that'd be like a whole episode and every team has so many uniforms now right like every team has like at least four different uniforms yeah there's definitely different um you know ways that we could do that you know are we talking about the whole are we looking the whole wardrobe of a team um and then in which case i think we could go ahead and award the Bengals. uh you know, top spot 
I don't know. Uh, are we looking at specific uniforms? Because then we got some like heated matchups. I mean, obviously Seahawks action green going to be number one. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm always down with more uniform content. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, people, the season just in general on Twitter and everything seem more excited about some uniforms. I think a lot of like the, the uh, retro helmets that are coming back are helping with that. Like, did you see those sweet uh, red retro Falcon helmets? Uh, yeah, I did. They're all dude, right. There, dude. There would be look. So, imagine if you saw Cordero Patterson r- running into the end zone with one of those helmets. It would look. It would change your tune. It would look so good. Yeah, maybe. Also, wasn't the biggest fan of the Bengals, the all white. I, I thought it looked a lot better when it was on the field. Um, yeah, the helmets. I. I don't know. I cool idea, but I still like. I, I like the way the orange helmets pop on their like pure white unis. That's yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Did you dweeb see me win that real football game on Sunday? Felt good to wipe the floor with those turds. Then I went home and knocked boots with my sweet Debbie. That's how you get laid. You nerds should try it sometime. Coach Bill. <laughs> Thanks for writing in, Coach Bill. We had a lot of recurring characters over the year. Uh, seems like they've all gone by the wayside, but I'm glad um, uh, Bill Belichick can find time to write in to us. I love that Like somehow, because I've never really seen anyone get under his skin but somehow we've like i don't know if we're necessarily under his skin uh but we we're, we're at least buzzing around his face so much that he's got to email into the to the pod so i don't know how many other people get that that treatment from coach bill it's it's, it's an honor can we get a shout out to the one parenthesis s ones who keep our discord chat an active and fun place wow um, shout out to everybody who hangs out in discord. The it was, it was a pretty quiet. Usually the, uh, you know, red zone, I guess is a little hit and miss. Everybody's kind of watching different stuff. Um, usually everybody tunes into the primetime games, uh, seemed like a little bit less so this week. Um, especially Monday night football didn't seem like I, there wasn't really much at stake for Bono. So maybe that's why people aren't watching. Well, sorry. We thought there wasn't much at stake until Alex Singleton scored 30 points. Jesus. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it is awesome. Everybody who is active in chat and we did pass the, uh, the mid season vote for, um, the fab challenges. So we're going to get probably some challenge going this week. Um, if you hear this tomorrow and have an idea, um, send it out there. Well, I guess we we're going to finish the Trevor Lawrence drawings, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting. I, I've heard so all much right, about right. you guys' artistic talents. And again, I'm just like, I'm like haunted slash obsessed by the shape of his face. So I'm, I'd love to just see you guys the way that you guys see him. You know, I don't know. It just, it might close this chapter of my life so I could put this behind me. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What do you think about the minimal amount of consistent starting tight end one throughout the league? Uh, it's really funny. Uh, somebody wrote in, um, uh, a lot of stuff. It looks like last week, like right as we were recording or maybe right after we recorded, this is one of them. It's really funny because just today, um, if you didn't see it in chat, I posted some, uh, some charts, uh, showing how well each team is doing and tight end is just like absolutely insane. Like Ashley and Jana are just loving life. And, uh, Brett, he, he had a 9.6 average. That's, you know, hugely propped up by Hawkinson's big week. And then, um, yeah, the rest of the league looks like a shit show with Eric only averaging two points, Andrew averaging three, your team averaging 4.5. It's not good. No, it's it's really ugly. Um, 
th- I will say this is the first season for me where I'm not beating myself up uh, over dud tight end scores. Uh, much like I was telling you about kind of my expectation for that DL spot, that defensive lineman spot is zero to four points. And if you get over that, you know, I'm, I'm ecstatic. If you get zero to four points, Hey, it's what it's expected. And I might be there for tight ends too. It's like, I, maybe not zero, but like, you know, like a lot of tight ends will, their floor is basically like one catch for nine yards. So 1.4, maybe that's my floor. And it's just like, if you get 1.4, you know, I, I guess what, what else could I expect? Um, but yeah, it, looking at this chart and I'm hoping you'll post this on the website as well, just for uh, posterity. It's always good to like look back over this stuff, but um, yeah, w- especially in this chart form, and you look at, at what uh, Eric's had to, to deal with that with that one point eight, it it you know that it's like oh man that 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 must be rough for him. It, but when you see that visual disparity against you know some of the the higher scoring ends like Kelsey up there right next to to Eric <laughs> on the chart, it's you could see that it, it it's huge. So um, I don't know, you know, it's, it's, sometimes it's it's kind of easy to to think of tight end well not easy but you know you might think of tight end as like a punt sort of spot um definitely makes you rethink you know dropping that 30 to 40 to get a kelsey so you don't have to worry about it sting what other items are sitting in your metaphorical trash can and when did you put the bunnies in there um the bunnies will never be in my metaphorical trash can um I, I would say that they're on my metaphorical uh, operating table. Um, but, you know, hey, shout out. This is not the answer to the question, but shout out, Brett. Got that first win. Must feel good. So uh, even if they were in my metaphorical trash can, I would say the bunnies are hopping out of it and uh, maybe on their way to, you know, more carrot, less stick. <laughs> How do you like those metaphors? That's great. Yeah. And uh, last one here. Does the 10 second rule apply to soup? Please hurry. Oh. Uh, uh, given that this is written almost a week ago, uh, it's probably too late. I, I would, I'd probably say no. I don't, I don't think that the 10 second rule applies to anything really. I I've always laughed about the 10 second or five second rule that like stuff's just like counting down, waiting to jump on. Um, but my first impression on 10 second rule was soup. As a person that's had to eat a lot of soup recently, uh, all I can think about is like, you're going to pick up some sand or grit uh, and that's going to happen right away. So yeah, it's a zero second rule for for me. I, I, I hate that feeling when you're like eating something that's supposed to be like soft, like soup and you get that gritty sand taste, like any sort, <laughs> any type of like beach meal or whatever. It's That's like one of my giant pet peeves. So that's, that's going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah, sounds pretty pretty nasty. Um, but yeah, that's it for the uh, mailbag. All right. Well, mailbag definitely picking up. Um, I think we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we need to check the hotline to even make sure it's still going. So that could be on us, but also is on you guys. Where's where's the hotline? How come any no one's tried it yet to yell at us that it's not working? Um, so yeah. Um, Justin, I did want to talk about you with your charts. Um, you know, we were, we had a little bit of discussion going with the IDP, um, you know, positions, and it's like, as you guys know, like this year for me, it's kind of uh, an exploratory uh, season for IDP. I'm trying to trying to figure it out. I'm, I'm like, I see this, you know, these beautiful speeding uh, cars go by. And you know, on these other teams, you guys have ever in great IDP teams to to many playoff appearances. And, you know, I, I always see them look good, but I don't understand them. I want to get under the hood this year and kind of like 
figure out what makes IDP work. Uh, some of it is, you know, some stuff that I, I feel like I've known all along. Hey, linebackers are really good. Snap counts really good. Um, but obviously, you know, I, I've got some, uh, you know, learning to do maybe on the defensive line uh, standpoint. So yeah, your chart that you broke out um, when you did the IDP by position one, um, definitely some insights there. I don't know if you just had any like uh, thoughts when you were looking at this stuff as far as the league goes. Uh, yeah. It is interesting because linebacker is kind of like the premier position for scoring points. You can see that um, in the, yeah, the positional chart. Um, but there's definitely like some big, big drop-offs. Um, uh, defensive line, like you mentioned, is the biggest one. Uh, there's a, a couple teams that are doing really well. A lot of teams that are doing average. And some teams, uh, yourself included, uh, being, you know, not not great, not having a lot of success. Um, but, you know, defensive back also having some pretty big discrepancies, too. Like you, you're averaging almost 15 points from the defensive back position, whereas Ashley's uh, only scoring about half that. So um, definitely some big discrepancies in other areas, too. But, yeah, I'm kind of wondering if, um, you know, people should be, you know, maybe drafting more based on like scarcity rather than, um, you know, like the top point getters, like quarterbacks get the most points, right, for offense, but they go pretty late because there's a lot of them that score that much. And maybe that's how linebackers are. Um, but also with defensive end, I'm not really sure that you know who you're picking out of these guys. Um there are certain players who play more of like a hybrid role, um, you know, like Micah Parsons or TJ Watt. Um, and they generally do the, the, the best for that position because they play a lot more snaps. They get a lot more tackles and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm looking at the, the top ranked list right now, and I, I guess it is kind of like a grab bag. I think some of these guys were ranked pretty high before the season. Uh, some of them not so much. Um, and definitely none of them are as exciting as some of the other players. So, yeah, I, I don't really know what the strategy is there. For me, um, I like getting TJ Watt because uh, I, I mentioned some other players kind of like him, but even Micah Parsons just can't touch like his point total at all. I mean, when he's playing, it's like almost a, a guaranteed like 15 points a week with like a huge ceiling. So, um, but other than that, I don't think there's any other guys that like really stand out like that. So I'm not sure. Um, but I'm looking right now and there's maybe some guys who are being a little bit underrated. I think if you have like a, a, a defensive end that you're just like slotting in week in and week out, you may want to reevaluate or maybe play more matchup based. Um, sacks are definitely like a, like a matchup uh, mechanic. I actually, I have um, Demarcus Lawrence right now, who's one of the higher ranked ones, but even he is a little bit uh, matchup dependent on, you know, like those weak offensive lines and stuff. I don't feel great starting him about that. So yeah, you, you may just want to go like, like Carson Wentz is a great example, right? Dude takes like a thousand sacks a game. Just start whatever defensive events going against Carson Wentz probably do well. Yeah, I'm definitely on board with, you know, looking at that position, the defensive line specifically as, you know, maybe not Hey, I'm going to roster this guy all year, unless you have one of the top guys like a Watt or, if, you know, the Bosa brothers were healthy, you know, they were putting up like similar types of things that, like dudes who are just so beastly that they're going to get points, you know, and, and they have pretty high snap counts. Um, but yeah, with the, the lineman, it's really tough. You know, one of the reasons I kind of, uh, I got off on Miller because I had too many bills. And as we've seen twice this year, the bills can win too hard and then they bench all their starters and it really sucks. Uh, but the other thing was I was going to my, you know, standby for IDP, which is snap count. Um, and just seeing, you know, he wasn't playing all snaps, but, you know, I moved on to Trey Hendri uh, Hendrickson, saw the same thing with him. Um, and yeah, I just noticed, I, I, you know, it's like maybe 
that position's a little bit different. You know, we can't look just specifically at stuff like snap counts because they do rotate linemen in a lot of um, teams. And they also do so based on, you know, what the, the prospective play is going to be. You know, there are a lot of like the high sack guys are only in there to do pass rush, you know, so they might play, play like 60% of snaps, you know, but all their snaps are like, they're getting the high exposure ones, the blitzes, you know, when, when they're, they're pretty confident in long third downs and confident that the quarterback's going to drop down. Um, so yeah, I'm like interested to, to see too, you know, it's like, are, are maybe some of these more steady linemen, are they, well, first of all, is there any like, what's the discrepancy between like the inside linemen and the outside ones? Are you, you know, you trading upside in sacks uh, for like floor. If you take like maybe like an inside lineman that plays most of the snaps, doesn't get that many uh, uh, sacks, but, but gets more tackles because he's, you know, uh, defending the run game. Uh, there's a lot to dig under there. It's just, I, I, I want to get into it. Uh, but I, I, I'm fighting this like convulsion deep within me to just avoid this position at all costs and treat it like a true punt. Yeah, I think um, I, I think the hard part about defensive linemen too is like there are some like premier names in the NFL, but like that doesn't necessarily translate to um, fantasy production. Mm-hmm. A little bit like cornerback, you know, like they may be the most talented player on the field, and they may get you know like a, a million quarterback pressures and stuff like that. But, you know, we, we really don't care about stuff like that, right? They need to actually get to the quarterback, sack and make the play. Um, my recommendation to a lot of people, I'm kind of scrolling through right now, like so many people are starting defensive ends, which is great because I at the, when you look at the end of the season, those guys will have more points than the defensive tackles. But if you're like a little bit frustrated with not getting production out of that position and you're just looking for some kind of floor, um, I think you'd be more happy at the defensive tackle because they generally get um, not not like we're not talking about like linebacker totals here, but on average, they get more tackles than a defensive end will, whereas the defensive end is going to get more sacks. So if you think you have like a great matchup or you need like a big total, yeah, grab a defensive end, try to play those matchups, you know, rack up a bunch of sacks. If you're just like, hey, man, I'm so sick of this. I would really just love to get like five to eight points out of this position every week. There's a ton of super consistent defensive tackles on the waiver wire and you can just grab those guys, plug them in, you know, you know, make sure that they're playing most of the snaps like you're talking about. But yeah, they'll just turn out, you know, not a ton of points, but, you know, at least give you some kind of floor. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's a, a similar kind of, uh, you could look at the um, defensive back position in a similar sort of way. If you look at the top scorers so far this season at that position, number one right now is a cornerback, uh, Legereus Sneed uh, on Eric's squad. Number two is my boy, Derwin James, a safety. Um, but actually, if you scroll through the list, you'll see like a lot of them are safeties. Um, and I think, you know, I think generally with IDP, what I've seen a couple of times this year from, you know, like IDP experts and IDP Twitter, is a general aversion towards like in that spot, unless, unless you have to start a cornerback, um, you know, I think the general consensus is start a safety. Um, and there's definitely, it's obvious, it's really obvious, you know, like I had Jamal Adams for a couple of years and I have Derwin James this year. So it's really obvious when you have one of these safeties, that are like the best player on the defense. So they kind of move them around to where they want, you know, sometimes they're playing at the line of scrimmage. Sometimes they're playing like a linebacker. Sometimes they drop back. Um, but because they get moved around like that and because they're in the center of the field, they just have like all these opportunities that come to them. Uh, plus the ability to, you know, go and make plays. Um, with cornerbacks, you know, it's like not that cornerbacks are, are bad plays. And if you look through this, you'll see a ton of quarterbacks, cornerbacks, um, you know, on, on a week by week basis, you know, they could put you up 
you know, some really high numbers, like an interception or two, they've had a, like a really great game. But yeah, it seems like, you know, because a good cornerback could shut down the side of his field um, and that could take opportunities away from him. But also just the kind of like, if you're one of the cornerbacks who hug the lines, you know, basically any play on the other side of the field is not an opportunity for you to, you know, get a tackle or force fumble. Um, so I, I'm loving, you know, targeting those safeties, not even just the playmakers that they'll bring up to blitz like Jamal or Derwin James, but, you know, even just a, a solid, I'm going to play hundred percent of snaps and I'm going to be somewhere in the middle of the field to get those tackles on long runs or, you know, maybe get those tackles on the receptions, um, seems to be a, a strategy that, you know, might be working out. Yeah, I know the last thing anybody in the league wants to hear is do more research, but you know, looking up the the snap percentages is pretty quick um, online to see how often these guys are playing. Um, and then you know, everything you mentioned is obviously really good advice too. Just seeing what type of involvement that they have, because you know, safety can mean a lot of things um, as far as what they're playing. Um, yeah. But things can turn quickly. You know, if you have a guy have a down week, um, we were just talking about Cody Barton right before we started. And I had mentioned this previously with Alex Singleton too. If you have a guy who has like a down week, I would definitely go and just Google real quick. You'll find beat writers talking about the the defensive players pretty easily and just see, did they have a down week or did their player, did their playing time get cut? Um, because I think we talked about this a little bit last week too. These guys can be fucking terrible at real life football and just like be the number one IDP star. Cause I, I see Cody Barton make a tackle and I'm like, wow, this guy's fantastic. He makes like five tackles in a row. Well, you go and you read the beat writer and it's like Cody Barton can't even bring the guy down until he's 10 yards downfield. You know, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like he, they're supposed to be rushing up and stopping these guys, you know, just cause not all tackles are created equal. Um, so you might look it up and yeah, like in my case with Cody Barton, you look it up, you see, okay, he only, he's only playing 30% of the time because he hasn't been very effective. Okay, great. You know, now I know I can move on stuff like that. So that's my other recommendation. If you see a dip in a guy who's been productive, I would go and just kind of see what the, what the scuttlebutt is, what the water cooler talk is. Yeah, for sure. Um, great, easy place to look up snap counts, um, and some other easy information is lineups.com. Um, if you go there, they have an NFL section. You can basically organize it by position, look at the defense. Uh, it'll show you snap counts for um, wide receivers and stuff you could look at, um, target share and all that kind of you know good stuff. So um, definitely, you know, definitely a fan of snap counts, especially on defense. It, it seems pretty important. Um, but yeah, lineups.com if you need to, uh, to check it out. Uh, but yeah, I think too, like, not to harp on IDP all the, all, all the time, but just wanted to comment on what you just said about, you know, the person in your lineup who has a down week, like look at it sometimes. And this seems to happen. I don't know. I don't know if it happens more than offensive players, but with defensive players where, you know, you might have that, you know, maybe not a stud linebacker, but a pretty good linebacker. And they just like, you know, don't get the tackles or maybe their defense is too good that week. You know, they're playing the bears or something and they just don't score any points. I think because we don't have these like strong connections and especially if you didn't drop a ton of like draft value on a defensive player, you might be quick to, to drop them, but uh, yeah, definitely worth take a few minutes. Look at those snap counts, make sure it's not just, you know, a fluky week. Um, make or sure you guys so we can pick them up. Oh yeah. Do that. You know, just, uh, you know, confirm that you have a Cody Barton before, you know, you, you send them to the, send them to the curb. But, um, yeah, I don't know. IDP is uh, fresh and exciting for me this year. I, I know some of you guys think I'm an IDP hater, but, 
I don't know. I like looking under the hood. I like these discussions that we're having. Um, and definitely when we get more Bazinga. guests, you know, I'd like to hear their opinion. Sorry. What was that? Uh, was just going to jump in. I, what I like about IDP and I think that we've like kind of like built our league like this in a lot of ways, it's pretty easy to just find like guys who do decent enough at IDP, you know, just go to the waiver wire, see who's averaging some decent points, throw them into your lineup. You'll probably be fine. But if you're willing to go, you know, above and beyond, there are like little incremental ways to kind of like get an advantage at the position and you got a couple points and stuff like that. So yeah, that's why I've been a fan of, uh, IDP least how we built it yeah man i'm i'm too excited i can't sit on this any longer everyone will already know this by the time that they hear this but the vikings have signed odell beckham jr the vikings the vikings i just saw i saw the news earlier that said that the kansas city was in the running i thought that was pretty shocking but man the i mean i'm trying to figure out where he's gonna like fit in right because i I would assume that he'd play kind of like an adam Thielen type role um, cause that's kind of how the Rams used him, but I'm, I'm not sure. I guess he would replace KJ Hamler. Wow. Uh, that's, that's exciting. KJ, right. Uh, KJ Hamler's De- Denver, right? Uh, uh, KJ Osborne. Osborne. We were, <laughs> we got there. Too many I mean, KJs in the league. Some KJ. Yeah, no, but I, that, that was my first thought. I was like, KJ, whatever. Vikings KJ is not like the worst third wide receiver in the NFL. Um, and you already have Adam Thielen there. So that doesn't. The Chiefs like sort of made sense because it's like their wide receiver room. It's like, you know, not that he would go there and be an instant star, but if they're going to like not throw to Juju, you know, they might as well like not throw to Oda. <laughs> so that yeah. makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. At least with their, you know, talented quarterback, maybe not so talented um, wide receivers. Um, the Vikings, you know, not so talented quarterback, you know, pretty talented wide receivers. Um, it was funny though, because all season long, everyone has kind of been talking about, um, him being on the Rams is kind of like an afterthought, like it was just going to happen. And now I'm wondering, you know, how much he saw the Rams playing this year and was like, no, nah, I don't think so, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, in his shoes, the Rams would be like the least, uh, interesting one. Cause I thought that the, there was talk of him, maybe this was preseason of him, maybe like joining up with the bills and not like the bills need more weapons, but like that would make more sense. You know, he'll definitely get a few, you know, highlight reel TDs with, with Josh Allen. Uh, um, yeah. I have, I have some more breaking news. Oh, great. Is that, I don't know if Jana did this intentionally or not, but this is not an official announcement. <laughs> oh, okay. We're, we're being trolled by people on, on Twitter. Um, I see. And, and now we turned it into, into a whole podcast segment. So uh, thanks, Jana. Appreciate it. I should yeah. never read discord while we're in the middle of recording. <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, that's on us that's on us uh but yeah good check well if that turned out to be true that would be very shocking <laughs> but we'll see at least uh, we'll have it discussed when it actually gets announced that he's yeah, on vikings for some reason we could just clip it back to to this you know i'll, I'll save that little recording it'll make our job easier uh next mm-hmm. time um but yeah uh matchup of the week last week turned out it did not look like maybe it was going to be super exciting. Did turn out to be pretty, <laughs> pretty awesome. Um, although I did not realize I, I, I was not following as closely. Uh, I think as, as some others were, uh, I was definitely in on the Alex Singleton, um, you know, getting 20 tackles or whatever, you know, just watching that game and, and seeing him 
uh, you know, fly around the field and knowing that you had tried to pick him up and Jim managed to swoop on him. Um, I did not realize until afterwards that it came into play for their matchup. Uh, were you were you tracking the the matchup like throughout that game? Uh, I mean, going into the game, it, it looked like a slam dunk. I, I've seen, uh, I had Singleton last year and he can really rack up the tackles because he's so bad at his job. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, so I was thinking, you know, 2025, you know, it was in the realm of possibility. I did not think there, I, I don't think anybody hoping to get 35 points out of a linebacker is, um, you know, that doesn't seem realistic because Jim, you know, he had, he had a, a pretty big letdown from his lineup overall. Um, you know, he had a, a ton of bye weeks was in a tough spot. Um, kind of swooped in, uh, on Singleton, Ryan and I were in on him. I, I had him earlier in the week. I dropped him while I was waiting for the news on, um, Joey Jewel. Went to go pick him back up. Jim swoops in out of nowhere and turns out to be the most important. I mean, we're always talking about Jim never picks up players. I mean, maybe the most acquisition of his entire life uh, yeah. gets 34 points and the win. Um, as far as we know, we, we've seen some crazy stuff happen already this season. So, um, yeah, what, what, a, what a hashtag blessed moment. Yeah, I just want to point out with, you know, you, you mentioned how, you um, you know, odd it is for a IDP to score, you know, over 30. Um, and we've definitely seen it, you know, we, we get these like peak performances. A lot of times though, you know, you're seeing a pick six or like a fumble recovery for a touchdown, or even if you're not seeing the the TD aspect of it, you know, you're seeing some sort of turnover or, or other, you know, big point play that's adding to it. Uh, he got zero sacks, zero, zero fumbles, zero interceptions, zero TDs. This was all tackles and stuffs, I'm assuming. Um, so it makes it I mean, only only two stuffs, only two, and and we devalued them to almost nothing. So um, truly a, a rare sight, I think. <laughs> Twenty one tackles, incredible. Twenty eight points in solo tackles. That's insane. That's insane. Um, I mean, if you watch the game, it made sense. The Chargers are just running it up the gut on uh, every single play. So he well, caught that, Austin Eckler 28 times. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the other kind of um, strategery for IDP uh, that I'm, I'm exploring a little bit this year with my two Bears. Um, defensive players on bad offenses. Uh, your offense isn't staying on the field. They're giving the ball back. Your defensive players get a lot of snaps, get a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of situations where they can send the Austin Ecklers of the other team just running up the gut a bunch of times or doing these dump off passes. And before you know it, you got 21 tackles and 34 points. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess this is a good time, you know, to talk about, you know, Martin's very poor luck, um, you know, aside from getting singleton um, and, and there's still hope. I mean, we definitely stack correction territory there with, uh, you know, a little bit over a point and a half. Um, but yeah, as it stands right now, there was a Friday stat correction in our matchup from week five. Um, from what I saw in the stat corrections, because when I first looked, the only players I saw from our two teams were Martin's team. I saw one of his guys actually got boosted. So I was like, that makes no sense. How did he get boosted? But I somehow won. But I, I think I found some Dave, uh, David Long corrections in there. So um Looks like it's going to hold. I still have, you know, less than 0.5 lead over him for week five. So who knows, dude, a late reception, a late uh, stuff gets added. Uh, maybe a, an assisted tackle or two gets changed to a solo tackle. 
I, I kind of feel like I'm not going to feel like this is super solid until like the end of the season <laughs> when, when it's definitely no more stat corrections, but we've had some pretty late ones. So um, yeah, I think uh, it's been a little bit better this year because one of the, the more volatile stats was stuffs. It seems mm-hmm. like they were constantly tweaking those back and forth. And since we brought down the value of those quite a bit, um, it seems like it's helped. But I'm just constantly amazed about how many close games we have every year to the point where it comes down to stack corrections. I mean, the worst team this week was 130 points. The best team this week was 187. And yet there's a whole bunch of teams falling in the middle in these matchups and being like, oh, my God, I need one more fucking point, you know, to win. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, there. I mean, there were a couple of matchups, uh, and some didn't end up that way by by the end of the week. Um, but you know, the Boomer Bunny matchup was pretty close. Um, I think for a large part of the weekend, you know, the Nibelonian Shitty Sources matchup was pretty close. Uh, so yeah, when you're hovering around, it's like I'm already kind of used to you know you're you're like halfway through Sunday, you're looking at how many players the other team has, how many players you have. You kind of go like, okay, going into Sunday night, they need like a 30 point lead for a cushion, and now you got to add like three points, um, just because stat corrections, you know, a tackler or two of stuff added can really change it. I, I'm looking this week, you know, at our um, or sorry, week six for a top score, um, you know, right now I beat out Ashley. Uh, it was pretty close. You know, Derwin got, you know, a tackle or two and on like the very last drive to kind of push me over. Uh, but the first tackle that he got to, to put me over Ashley, I was still within like, it was like 0.3. So I was like, no, this isn't close enough, you know? Um, so now that we even have like the high score for the week prize, uh, stat corrections, you know, it might be making a play there too. Sure. They're pretty important. Um, yeah. Are you ready to look at some power rankings? I am. I am. I'm pumped. You know, uh, Puma Skull's on the resurgence, so uh, looking forward to to getting back to uh, the near top of the tower. Since I know this group will never let me be number one, but <laughs> <laughs> well, coming in at number twelve, um, no surprises. Although they did get the win, um, Bunnies, one forty eight, finally got their first win over Andrew. He's been still pretty unlucky, but um, you know his scores have been coming down a little bit. Any uh, any thoughts on the bunnies? Are they kind of mounting a comeback? I, I ran the sim this morning, and they, they're they're technically in it, less than a one percent chance. But um, yeah, what would you be doing if you're the bunnies? What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, I mean, like first of all, I mean, we already said it. Congrats, Brett. First win. Uh, it really it it sucks to have to wait this long to get win one. Um, it's it's not a great feeling. But now that you have it, like there's no you know zero and fourteen chances here. So. Um, you know, he as a Lions fan, he's already had to, to live the own sixteen life. Doesn't need to live the own fourteen life. So, congrats, buddy. Glad you glad you made it. Also, congrats, like uh, for those of us who are Juju believers. Uh, you know, we finally got a, a big Juju game. So, Brett getting his first win, his top score being Juju. Thought that was pretty cool. Um, your projections, you know, my I, I don't know what they say about his uh, you know future success rate. All I know. This is upcoming schedule is a bit ugly. Uh, this week he faces you. Um, you had a tough week uh, last week, but you're looking to bounce back, um, and you know you're ready to fight. He's got Adams, uh, who might be down on their luck, but are still one of the, you know one of the top scoring teams. Uh, the five and one shitty sources, and then he's got to face me. The you know so next four weeks tough for Fluff, um, but hey, if you can make a run, you know through that gambit. The good news is on the other side of that schedule definitely gets lighter for fluffy bunnies. So they could still make a run. I think mathematically, right? Uh, yeah. Power has them with the the toughest remaining schedule. So definitely got a long, long way to go there, bunnies. Mm-hmm. 
Um, coming up next, uh, dropping two spots is TGIF, who I believe lost, right? Yeah, they lost to the um, another hashtag blessed team, the Black Market Bakers. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really remember following this game that much, but um, trying to quickly look at it now. Uh, you know, I mean, no, no, like real bad performances. It looks like just not enough to really kind of take the lid off. Any any thoughts on TGIF here? Yeah, there was a point um, where it looked like, you know, he, uh, Eric was projected to win, um, to beat Robert. You know, it wasn't, it didn't look like super close, uh, you know, but it was still kind of back and forth, I guess, at that mm. time. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, his later players just didn't really come through with them. Uh, but, you know, Eric is always one to make moves and make trades. Uh, he made a, a trade with um, Ryan, which I almost missed. Um, you know, Ryan hit me up about about Higby a couple days ago. And, and then, you know, I'm looking through prepping for the show and I see Higby's on uh, TGIF. Um, but yeah, you know, you mentioned that, you know, for uh, the tight end position, Eric's team, TJF has been scoring the worst at that position. So he's out there. He's trying to make it happen, you know, making that, that big pickup. Um, and just looking at the team in general, uh, to me, you know, I, I think this team could be poised for a second half run. Um, you know, he's got Hopkins back. He's been waiting for Hopkins to come back, you know, since the draft. And with uh, Hollywood Brown out for the Cardinals, you know, he could be thrust back into you know, that number one stud territory we'll have to see. Um, so yeah, uh, Eric could be making some noise, but he definitely needs to start making that noise now because, you know, we're, we're rounding out that interdivisional play. Um, and for, for Eric, that means the easier schedule is now um, in the next five weeks, he's got the uh, narwhals, boomers and bunnies. So three teams, um, you know, kind of also figuring out their own identity, trying to get to get those wins. Um, so, you know, it's, they might beat up on each other there, but a good opportunity for Eric maybe to uh, to start mounting that comeback. Yep. All right. Coming in at number 10, we have the Boomers, who, like we said, lost. Um, they've kind of been on a, on a downward spiral here after finally showing some life in uh, in week four. Um, they're still number one in points against by a pretty large margin. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I go through my little tool here that shows me other schedules, I mean, there's quite a few timelines where he's three and three, um, you know, so in, in a little bit better shape, but yeah. How, how are you feeling about boomers going forward? Yeah, I think that's the story here. You know, the reason that. Uh, he's only three and three and when you mix up the schedule like that is just, you know, not scoring enough points week in and week out. Um, definitely in the bottom half of the league with points scored. Um, but as we've mentioned in the last past couple of weeks, like every week, Andrew's faced the, you know, pretty much like the best team um, and the points against uh, him. He's up over 1100. That is, uh, you know, about 20 points more than the top scoring team. Me. Um, so like literally playing, he's playing tougher than our best team. Uh weekly uh on average um which makes losing to you know brett's team getting brett his first win makes it a little bit harder for andrew it must it must hurt a little bit because he finally got a uh quote soft matchup uh brett definitely didn't put up a huge number so it was an opportunity you know finally a light week where he doesn't have to play you know like the, the theoretical best team um but still couldn't pull out the win so so slipping to one and five uh definitely tough Scott. But um, I think we mentioned a couple times, if you look at Andrew's roster, definitely on name value, 
Um, but even if you don't go by just like the names, it, like move your vision over to where it shows the position ranking on the right hand side of the, the ESPN rankings. A lot of his skill positions are some of the you know top twelve players at their position, and he's got a couple of IDP that are you know top twelve, top twenty as well. So it's a little bit of a mystery because yeah, it's like the name values there, but he's also got players that are popping. Um, you would just think that this team would be doing a lot better. All right, um, sliding down one spot, we have the Narwhals. Mm-hmm who took um, a pretty tough loss against your team. Um, it looked like it was over pretty early, even though you wouldn't release um, Jana from her bonds with the the GG. I don't toy with destiny. It's you, know, you got to let things happen before you comment. Um, but yeah, you know, Jana, a little bit similar to what we said about Andrew earlier, kind of had like a, a nice big spike week, um, you know, well now over a month ago, but since then, you know, not not horrible, averaging around 150. Um, but we've seen when you when you are only averaging like 150, 160, you're kind of at the mercy of what the other team is going to do, um, and that's kind of where it seems to have fallen in. Um, big scores this week from uh, IDP, uh, Mandrews and, and Jackson, giving her a big leg up, like we saw in the charts earlier. Um, but also a lot of holes in the lineup. Uh, Curtis Samuel has kind of returned to what we've seen in previous seasons. Um, Aaron Jones is just, I mean, Green Bay overall does not look good, but man, that running mm-hmm. back situation, you own the other half of that. And I'm, I'm sure that has not been pleasant so far. It's, it's definitely pleasant watching the Packers lose to the Giants and the Jets. Uh, it is not pleasant owning a piece of that as far as fantasy is concerned. Um, but yeah, definitely a tough loss for Jana. Sorry, I, I, I will try to get the GGs out earlier. I just don't, I really don't want to tempt fate. I don't want to, uh, to nailer this and do the, the baby rock. I didn't watch any of the baseball stuff, but I saw, I saw that flying around. Don't want to, to, to rock the baby, you know, before we've won the series. Um, but yeah, it, uh, Janice teams built off the stack, uh, the beautiful, beautiful Raven stack with Lamar and Mandrews. Um, down week for them, and also now some injury concerns, which really sucks. Uh, hopefully, it's nothing uh, too serious, and they're both able to play without missing time. Because I mean, outside of my Bills, dude, the Ravens are like super fun to watch, and that stack is awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a really tough time of the season for narwhal schedule wise shitty sources five and one are the matchup this week uh next week against eric we just mentioned you know opportunity for him to get right this opportunity you know for uh janet to get right against eric then after that he's got uh she's got uh octo nimblonians shenanahads so you got some division leads and, and people running in the running for the division lead uh definitely some teams that are going to be hungry for some late wins so um yeah, the clock's ticking. Still have some faith in this team, especially if the Raven stack stays healthy. Um, but it looks like it's going to be some tough sudden. All right. And then coming uh, up two spots, we have the Surfers at number eight with um, Point Explosion. Uh, highest score of the season. Um, you know, doing pretty well. The, high, the previous high scores were like 169, 157. So 175 is looking pretty good. Um, not quite into the upper echelon. Um, Ryan, uh, apparently, uh, shutting up all the haters, I guess, who not me personally, but some people on the podcast were calling his team a, a fake team. Um, but yeah, what, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the servers now sitting, you know, four and two surprisingly still only second in their division, but, um, you know, maybe getting hot at the right time, unlike the Dodgers. 
Yeah, just uh, putting it out there. Um, if you get a box of uh, you know donuts delivered, I'm not talking about Krispy Kreme. I'm talking about pink box, greasy bottom, uh, dozen donuts delivered to to my place. Um, I could render this service unto you uh, as well, where I talk trash about your team. I'll call them out. Um, I'll look at some analytics. You know, make it specific to your team and their weaknesses. Um, really call them out on them. Put them on blast on the podcast, and then they will um, you know take it personally. And bounce back for their best week of the season. Uh, it worked for Ryan. He's a satisfied customer. Uh, it could work for you. So all it takes is a dozen donuts. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely, obviously fired up from that that trash talk. Pretty big game. Uh, I mean, you you on the opposite end of that matchup kind of uh, did a lot more losing uh, than I think he did winning, uh, but still put up that really high score. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, he's got a nice two-game stretch ahead with the Boomers and the Bakers. I know the Bakers are at 5-1, but they've got some question marks on their team too. So I don't know. These fake surfers uh, that I trash so much, uh, they could be 6-2 and two in two weeks' time. Uh, and there's not uh, enough donuts in the world to, to stuff in my mouth if that happens. So we'll see. <laughs> All right, coming in at number seven, moving down one spot, we have my team, Giant Octopus. Um, I, I mean, it was it was rough for my end. At least on the plus side, I got to give up um, pretty early in this one. Just, um, I don't know. I, I just don't even know what happened to some of these guys. MVS, I it was like, here's a completely like unsexy floor play, and I really thought he was going to get me like five to seven points. Um, so that zero, you know, hurt a lot. Um, but you know, I was missing James Connor. That was a pretty big hole. Um, uh, and then the Josie jewel thing hurt me more than I thought that it would. Cody Barton, we talked about, you know, losing playing time. Juwan Bentley, here's why you should always listen to your gut because I made two of like my, my gut pickups and that was Julian love and uh, Jordan Whitehead. Uh, they got 10 and 15 points. Uh, Bentley was kind of like my, everybody had him ranked high. So I'll, I'll just go ahead and start him. Even though I, I wasn't very excited, I drafted him and I don't think he's been very good this year. He scored one goddamn point. So listen, listen to your heart and not the rankings. So that was it. Uh, McKenzie kind of let me down a little bit. Everyone, I'm going to defend Isaiah McKenzie this week because everyone seems very stoked about him not doing well because they think that Shakir is going to come in and replace him. He just came back from being in the concussion protocol and everyone was talking about how fucking bad he looked and how he dropped like a pass and stuff. He, he just got out of concussion profile, all right? Get, cut, cut him some fucking slack. Not only okay. that, but I think one of those passes he didn't catch, like he got lit up right away. <laughs> and if you're coming back from concussion, I mean, that's got to be like scary to, to get laid out like pretty quickly. Yeah, Isaiah McKenzie is my my tiny, beautiful baby boy. So just, just lay off, all right? Um, but yeah, you know, just quiet games for my receivers and stuff. I don't know what else to say. It was a, it was a quiet game. I do want to say, if you were playing me though, this is the trend. It doesn't matter what you do. Just set like a joke lineup because I'm either going to score 200 points and blow you out of the water or I'm going to score 130 and you know 120. You can just walk away with an easy win. Don't stress about playing me because there's absolutely nothing you can do. We heard that, Brett. No worries. Uh, you're either no. going to go to two and four or one and six and there's nothing you could do about it. Um, yep. Yeah, the only thing I point out about your team is just that you know, you got your studs aren't really performing up to, to studly matter. You know, Joe Mixon is RB 13. And I think that says more about the running back position right now. The than unsexiest RB 13 yeah. of all time. And, you know, it's like 
the the metrics are there. I mean, his like workload is insane, target share and all that kind of stuff is insane, and every everything says that he is due for some pro- positive regression, but it just doesn't seem to be manifesting. So it's like every week, you know, you keep telling yourself that story, and how long can it go? Um, on the flip side, I just think you know you have a lot of these like cool upside players that you know we were hoping would go off. Uh, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, Rashad White was starting to look like, could this be the running, the, the rookie running back uh, of, of his dreams, of our dreams? Um, but, you know, he's kind of cooled off a bit, still getting some usage. But, um, yeah, just like your upside guys, uh, you know, not really not really shining like you, you hoped. But there is one hope, Wandale, that might come and shine a, a light on you uh in the past being you know instantly thrust into the the giants wide receiver one role not super exciting or sexy may not still be super si- exciting or, or sexy but hey they got brian dable they're five and one uh the giants are like legit so uh i don't know wandale might be your your ray of hope for the second half I love Wandale. It's also making me realize how many like short guys I drafted this year. Cause I, well, I just dropped Elijah Moore. Fucking rip the Jets, man. Fuck that team. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh it's a goblin, goblin king season. Short yeah. goblin, whatever the fuck. Let me let me get Ashley in here to talk about short goblins. <laughs> uh real quick shout out also to uh Kyle Pitts scoring the first touchdown on, on your bench. Uh kudos. the first kudos. touchdown in America. Yeah. All right, let's go and jump over here. We had, uh, I guess, the biggest upset of the week, man. Uh, Martin just going from first, uh, first all season down to sixth, um, which may be an overreaction on Definitely. the voters' part. Um, although I will say, I think you had a pretty tough week last week. Uh, you got eliminated. You took the, a close loss against Martin. That's tough. Well, Martin had an even worse week because he took two losses in a single week and he got eliminated from the uh, the guillotine league. So tough, tough beats from uh, from from Martin going all the way down. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I think this is an overreaction. It was definitely a down week, but 150 points is his worst score of the yeah. season. That is uh, half the league's not even averaging that. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's still a lot of hope here. Um, you know, he would have beat, um, a handful of the other teams this week. I'm trying to look now. Yeah. He would have beat four other teams this week. Um, looking at his schedule right here, if he had his schedule and Andrew's schedule, he'd be two and four, which is what he is obviously, but this is the whole rest of the league. If he had any of these other schedules, six and oh, five and one, four and two, four and two, three and three, three and three, five and one, five and one, four and two, four and two. So in like night, you know, the, the multiverse out there, 90% of Adams teams out in the, the other multiverses are doing great. It's only our Adams that's suffering. So Martin, hold hope. There'll be some positive regression. Um, it says you have the easiest remaining schedule, um, obviously, because you have um, one of the, the strongest teams. But um, yeah, this I'm trying to look. He's got a tough matchup this week, right? Yeah, playing the Nimbledians this week, you know, not the easiest matchup. But after that, you know, Bunnies, Surfers, TGIF, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fake teams in that area. <laughs> um, pretty tough to to kind of close out. Um, you know, shitty sources. Um, um, and but then after that, yeah, Boomers bakers narwhals so looking pretty good yeah this is definitely an overreaction he's still adam still have the second highest point scored and the second highest point scored against or uh, so you know andrew's king in that realm uh, but 65 points uh, behind him is is uh, martin so definitely you know getting some 
tough draws week in and week out, needing to put up tough scores. You know, finally had a down week. That's like you said, the average of most teams in the league, and you know, gets dropped in the power rankings. So not cool. Um, definitely think this is overreaction. We'll we'll see Adams raise higher. I'm, I'm also glad um, you know that you, I didn't get a chance to listen to the Guillotine League podcast this week. Um, didn't see who got cut. So I'm, I'm glad you know you, you could drop that little news in there. So Martin now out. Uh, it's getting it's getting thin over there. Getting tight. Uh, there is one team in the guillotine league that has not spent, uh, I think a single dollar of fab. So, wow. uh, I don't know if it's too late to, to spend that money, but, um, it seems like they're in a good position down the stretch here is they can pretty much pick up any player they want. So, yeah. um, but yeah, coming back over to the rankings here, let's look at all the, uh, the winners. Uh, we got Nibelonians who moved up from seventh to fifth. If I can find their matchup here. Chicken not. Yeah, which you know, I guess is funny taking the L. But you know, looking three and three, um, really, really good score. Unfortunately, just going up against one of the top scores of the week. Um, you know, looking pretty well rounded. Uh, the Kenneth Walker thing is obviously gonna play out pretty huge. Um, still kind of bolstered by her wide receiver core, even though they had kind of a down week. So, you know, I think still some question marks with the uh, Jeff Wilson, you know, maybe running into Walt Najee Harris, who just looks like completely fucking lost. I, I think the, I think people are kind of like overstating his like downfall. And I think for the draft capital, it's like pretty frustrating, but I mean, he's been pretty like the floor is, is pretty okay. You know, I know that doesn't sound exciting, but I think a lot of us would kill for an RB who just like week in, week out scored 10 points. So also Pittsburgh at this point's not getting worse. You know, if, if anything, they're going to get better because they got a bunch of young talent, including a young quarterback. So, you know, Najee could be on the rise for sure. And um, yeah, Lucinda just continuing to kill it with IDP. Um, I, I've talked a lot about the IDP drops that I've made. Um, the one that I have not expressed enough lament over is dropping uh, Zaire Franklin, yeah. who I thought, wow, he's just, you know, he's filling in for Shaq, whatever, you know, um, he's now played, um, you know, almost every single game. And he's the number two linebacker right now, just absolutely crushing it. It makes it is Shaq Leonard not that good, and that's just like a super viable position. It's uh, you know, it definitely makes you right now. yeah, it makes you think about like scheme as your uh, scheme. Wow, <laughs> it definitely makes you think about scheme. Uh, it, when you're you know, uh, Sean Connery was joining us to <laughs> talk about not. IDP. I guess not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, so is it the system? Maybe that's a better word. One that I could actually say. Uh, system? It, the system? The system says, uh, you know, it's just putting them in a position to succeed. Uh, and not that Leonard's a bad player or a bust or anything. You know, you could put a good player in a good system and, hey, they'll be the top linebacker. Uh, you put a, I guess, you know, not not shitting on Zaire Franklin because he seems to be pretty good too. You put a pretty good player in a good system. Hey, he's the number two linebacker. So um definitely something you know i think like if we're comparing uh idp to to like offensive positions real quick you know if, if we think of like the running back handcuff uh i think fantasy as a community has kind of gone away from most handcuffs like you know that it's not necessarily super super gonna go off for you if you put in the replacement uh player for your you know stud or rb when they're out <laughs> But depending on the system on the IDP side, if we're talking about linebackers, um, and especially if that linebacker that's out was the green dot where, you know, the the leader of the the defense and their replacement's going to get 100% snap count or near, near that, uh, it's a little bit easier to kind of swap in the, those opportunity plays. 
Uh, yeah. And, you know, I think you've made a lot of comments about uh, watching, you know, who gets dropped on uh, on Waiver mm-hmm. Wire Day. And, uh, man, that just seems to be Lucinda's MO. She's uh, scooped up Eric Kendricks, Trey Greenlaw, uh, Zara Franklin, like we were talking about. And all these dudes, are, you know, all of them top 20 uh, linebackers uh, just balling out. Yeah. And not and sorry, not to make this an IDP show, although I'm sure it- that's all I want to talk about. Yeah, um, but I, I think yeah, the, that's a, a great point with the the watching the drop strategy because I think again maybe it's because you know IDP we don't spend that much for them during the draft. Uh, maybe it's because half the time they seem very fluky, so we're dropping them all the time. Uh, but yeah, there's like less patience to hold on to an IDP um, person. So now I mean we're getting into some real rough bye week stretches soon. Um, and teams are going to need to, you know, get some wins together and, and, and set their best lineup. So I definitely think we're not done seeing some very valuable IDP players dropping the waiver wire. So, you know, hey, lineups.com, get those snap counts, see what's on the waiver wire, see who got dropped. That's my, it's still my most exciting part of waivers. It's just like, oh, what, what's the fresh meat available now? Because I don't want any of these scrubs that are just some, you know, scrub RB who's going to be maybe good for one week. Give me I want a- the worst player from your bench, not the best player from the <laughs> yes, waiver wire. Absolutely, dude. I, that's that's a good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming back to the rankings here, we have the Bakers moving up one spot um and looking, I don't know, man. I mean, I know a lot of the metrics aren't backing it up. Um, but man, sitting five and one and the next closest team is Martin at two and four. I mean, there, we still got a lot of season to go. You know, Robert's team obviously hasn't been as great as, as the schedule says, but, um, I mean, it's, it's definitely been decent and having a three game like lead in your own division. I mean, that's insane. Especially keeps you out from the scramble of, um, this year is looking like most years where, the wildcard spots are going to be an absolute shit show. So yeah, having that division lead is going to be fucking massive, but yeah, how are you feeling about uh, Robert's team? Yeah. I mean, it, we're definitely at that point, uh, you know, where, where records need to be reflected in the power rankings. Cause um, you know, we're looking at playoff spots and sitting at five and one is one of the two teams that are at five and one is a great spot to be almost halfway through the season. And, you know, again, just looking at, you know, going, 500 for the next like six weeks or so if if robert can pull that off that's a great spot to be um you know that's eight and four that is going to be in contention not only for division lead and one of those wild card spots you mentioned um but you know we do have two buys and those buys are are valuable and sometimes you know it's it's that opportunity to really like outrun the rest of your division especially if you're able to beat up on them you know at the end of the year when we get back into divisional play um, so, you know, Robert could be in a really good position to not only get to playoffs, but secure one of those buys if things goes away, uh, definitely has a tough matchup this week, not just because he's playing me and, you know, I, I think my team's solid. I'm getting some people back. Um, but it is, this is definitely the worst buy week for me with all the bills out. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know if anyone's hurting more than, than me or Robert, um, cause he's defensively, he's got. Bills uh, on the defensive side, as well as the Rams, who are also on buys. So he's going to have to make some questions, or you know, he's going to have some questions. He's going to make some decisions <laughs> about what he's going to do about those um, IDP spots. You know, there's a lot of options. Uh, some other players he has that he might be able to drop, but we could be seeing some of these star IDP players from from Robert's team maybe hit the waiver wire, just like we were talking about. 
Yeah, I just saw um, his his bye week woes. That does not look pleasant. Um, all right, well, let's jump back over here. We have the Shenanahads staying at that number three spot, um, coming away with the win and looking. Um, did they come in with a win? Now I'm looking and seeing the score. Oh, yeah, he beat Martin. We talked about it like 10,000 times. Um, you know, one of the worst scores of his season, but, uh, you know, given the context of the win, I think that he'll take it. Um, you know, we mentioned last week that Jim has been very, very consistent. Um, and it definitely seems like, you know, a lot of his players are starting to heat up a little bit. I made a comment earlier this week thinking that, you know, maybe I'm like, shying away from these players if i don't think that they're going to come out of the, the gate very hot uh Brees hall being like one of these guys and now i'm like man maybe i need to like rethink my strategy you know and like get some better um stash candidates but yeah how are you feeling about shenanigans at number three uh it's it's strange because if you look at the sphincters uh division you know with jim at four and two at the top uh we mentioned ryan and his uh fake or real butthole surfers also at four and two and then nablonians uh, who probably deserve to be four and two sitting at three and three so it looks like a really tight race there but if i'm looking at jim's team if i'm looking at the the points that he's scored so far and i'm looking at his upcoming schedule to me this is like probably like the easiest pick uh maybe across the league um to 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 say oh so and so is going to win a division or get a playoff spot um I just think, you know, things are going up in his favor. His his team's already been solid, but like you just mentioned, you know, even on, uh, though he's been solid so far, he's on the rise. Um, and then just like, if you look at his schedule for the rest of the season, it is juicy. Uh, he plays Eric this week. He has your Octo next week. My Puma Skulls the week after that. Uh, facing uh, Bla- Bakers, who may or may not be ahead of their division, and then gets back into that divisional play where... Uh, you know, he's performed pretty well. Maybe uh, needs a revenge game against Lucinda in week 14. But I could, if I'm putting money on it, I'm saying the Shenanigans definitely making the playoffs this season. Uh, looking sharp, and they've just got a very clear path ahead. All right. And then the last two spots here, you know, a little, little drum roll with the Adams out of the picture. What happened? Do, 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 do. What happened? Well, we got the Puma skulls coming in at number uh-huh. two and uh, unseating the Adams are the shitty sources. Yeah. Um, who, I mean, you know, I, we, we talked a little bit this about the, but it'll before the pot started, I, I, I think it was a toss up. The league seemed to really uh, favor Ashley in this spot. Um, not that, you know, she doesn't deserve it, but I think you could easily pick either team, especially given that you guys are in the same division, you're gonna have to play each other. Um, but yeah, you know, you kind of took over the point lead with Martin stumbling a little bit. Um, Ashley's not too far behind you guys, um, only 50 or 60 points out. Um, but you know, her having now only one win over you definitely, uh, makes the gap a lot smaller, but, um, yeah, it's looking like a a tight, tight race. I I don't know if this is the power division, but you know, definitely you two on top, um, is looking like it's going to be pretty interesting for the rest of the season. Yeah. We're, you know, getting into that back half of the, the season. And, um, you know, when you're looking at your division leader, having a one game, a two game, God forbid, a three-game lead at this point. Um, you know, the the wider that margin goes, like the scarier it gets. Um, and if you've never have tried to chase a, a division leader, or if you've been in a division, uh, I'm not sure how many people have gone through this, where you know you're making the playoffs, but you have somebody in your division who's like that 10-1 and one team, like Andrew was last year, um, where it's like, no matter what I do, no matter how good my team is, catching up to them is just 
it's not going to happen. It gets to a certain point where it's totally desperate. I'm trying to avoid that as much as possible. And I'm like, giddy, I have nightmares like every other night about, you know, four weeks from now, the shitty sources like being two games ahead and just like unreachable at that point. Um, so it, it's, it definitely, it feels good to just be one game behind. And again, that's because of the the stat correction. Cause I could easily be three, three, two games behind, you know, not the end of the world. we got most of the season ahead of us, but really like looking at Ashley's team, like I have no qualms with putting her at number one, because that's a scary lineup. Uh, I think another team that could only get better um, and super scary. So it's like, I would much rather chase her from one game behind than have to do that from two games, because then you just have one bad week and suddenly it's three games and, you know, uh, Writing's on the wall at that point. So definitely, you know, congrats, Ashley. Um, kudos to, to get number one. Did not get number one on top score, though, for the week, unless stat corrections help you out. Uh, so that $20 is mine, and that's all I care about. Uh, power rankings, you know, that's that's for uh, – there's no money value with the power rankings, but getting that top score, you know, that's that's putting food in, food in the fridge. So Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know, some big scores. Uh looking at you and Ashley, I mean, this is what I pretty much wish my team was doing. Also got to give you big props for uh, the Dion Jackson uh, scoop, because that turned out to be a very, very smart play that I think was um, under the radar of a lot of other people. It was one day before the news, because I I put it in despite the news. And in in this, I guess, a lesson, don't listen to, you know, the beat report. If you have an injury, you got to make your moves to to back it up because i've seen this so many times uh and it just how happened that happened with jt on on my team but i've seen it with you know players on on your guys's teams as well where it's like everything seems super positive like oh yeah you know they didn't really practice but they, they should be in shape to play and then it's like they don't even wait till sunday anymore it's like friday oh jt's out um so yeah you definitely got to make those moves early um don't let somebody jump on your your waiver wire uh, back up it made me appreciate the NFL a little bit because I heard some podcasts uh, ranting about the NFL this week or the um, NBA. And I guess uh, a lot of the injury news is so slow there that you pretty much can't even start questionable players because they will get declared out like 10 minutes into the game. You won't even know that they're not going to play that night. Yeah. So I was like, I, I guess it could be worse. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely could be worse. Um, I'd also, I mean, if, if we're calling out my good moves, I'd also like to, and this isn't paid off yet, so maybe I shouldn't talk wow. about it. I um, should not have given you this opportunity. I know, I'm sorry. But I would like to say, you know, I, I was looking at this bi-week hell, you know, this is the Bills bi-week, so obviously I had this circled on, on my calendar as like a moment of sheer weakness. Um, and uh, I, I picked up Dak a few weeks ago, stashed him on my IR for him to play. Um, I've never had Dak on my team before, so this will be my first time, you know, getting the Dak experience if he's back. Um, but I, I did think it was kind of funny how I got there because I wasn't like looking uh, from the quarterback angle. I wasn't like looking at who's available on the waiver wire. Um, basically, I asked myself like, what team is giving up like so much offense that you know you you just want to play the quarterback no matter how bad they are? Because I'm going to have to stream somebody who's really bad. So I, so I was like, Detroit, the Lions, they're like so fun to watch because they're putting up a ton of points, but they're also giving up huge amounts of points. And from there, I saw like, okay, well, who, who are they playing week seven? And saw it was Dallas and that DAC was available. It was like the stars aligning. So again, it hasn't happened yet. Maybe he'll get ruled out because I'm talking about it. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty excited. You know, it's not... It's not often in the last couple of years that I get to really cheer for another quarterback. Um, and again, I've never been on the ta- the DAC train. I've been a fan from afar. So 
uh, hate the Cowboys, but love me some Dak, and I'm going to be you know full on rooting uh, this week uh, for Dak. So I'm excited. Super cool. Was Lucinda's IR that full that she had to drop him? I was wondering that as well. Um, it's full right now, but yeah. I think you would easily keep Dak over some of these other guys, uh, especially it, like Shepard, who's not even going to play. But, yeah, I'm um, not sure I don't what it'll the... look like on when the time that she dropped him. Oh, well. Yeah, you know you can't you, th- those judgment calls. They're 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 tough to make. You got to make the call that's right for your team in the moment. Well, um, I also have to pick up a quarterback and start them this week, and I do not have a Dak Prescott. But um, yeah. you know, I I think we should make maybe a fun little wager about whose quarterback is going to do better this week. Oh, I'm I'm down with that. Yeah. All right. All right. You heard it. Well, great. That was the power rankings. Uh, disappointing as ever uh, for me. Can't win, but um, you know, one day uh, my goal really with the season, I'm going to get to a point where you guys just have to vote me as number one. There just like isn't another choice. Uh, but we're not there yet. We've still got many weeks of football probably ahead of us. So uh, looking ahead at the matchup of the week for this week, uh, not really a lot of like super. Uh, not that they're not exciting, but you know, matchups that really jump off the page. Um, you know, we're we are in interdivisional play, so you know, there's not any real contests where you know two division mates are battling out for top of the division. We'll get there in a couple weeks, uh, but as we finish out interdivisional play, um, yeah, just uh, you know, some narratives out there, but just really a lot of question marks. Um, so I don't know, Justin, who do we got for match of the week this week? Uh, so this one is, is kind of like a hot mess. I don't even know what to think about it. Um, but we got the surfers versus the boomers. Uh, we talked a lot about the boomers being pretty unlucky, uh, talking about how the surfers have uh, been pretty lucky. Uh, but what makes the matchup interesting is that there's also um, like a handful of like by players and, and, and a lot of like injuries and stuff like that. So not really sure what to make of either lineup right now. Um, but yeah, it looks like it could potentially be pretty interesting. I don't think that we're going to see, you know, like like 200 points on each side, you know, like I don't, I don't think that these are like juggernauts when it comes to scoring. But um, yeah, I think both teams could get up around like 140, 150 and at least make it look interesting. Yeah, this is definitely going to be a, a little bit more of a slugfest rather than one of those high-scoring matchups. But um, yeah, uh, I see since we started recording, uh, Ryan has gone ahead and, and uh, benched his starting lineup. Um, so love to see it. Pro- yeah, I loved it. I always think about like, oh, should I grab a screenshot of what the projections look like now? No, it's okay. We're recording right now, and then you know he he knows we're recording right now, so he does it. Um, I'm also seeing, you know, right now as, as part of his, uh, you know, little bench starting gimmick, uh, he's got Odell in there, uh, still says free agent next to the name. So, I'm, uh, you know, doubt on the, the Viking news being legit. <laughs> That's a bold move starting um, Odell in his first week for the Vikings. On who um, are on and, by. <laughs> and throwing Tony in there, too, who's, um, you know, takes a backseat behind uh, Wandale. Yeah, trade bait. Um, but should be, you know, exciting if, if Ryan could, you know, field a solid team. Uh, he's still been de- dealing with some injury questions. Um, you know, Higgins was was on the field, but, you know, he even said it himself that he was pretty beat up. Um, just doing what he needed to do for the team. So, you know, we love Higgins here on the Bonos Fantasy Football Podcast. Kudos to the man who's out there sacrificing his body, putting it out on the line, suffering that extra pain just because his team needs it. Um, also, shout out to another, I think, favorite of, of uh, both you and I, uh, Brandon Ayuk, who had a huge week, uh, did not play him in DFS, uh, wished, wished sorely that I had, uh, but he had a huge week on Ryan's bench. So, you know, maybe he gets in there in the starting lineup and 
and score some points for the surface. We'll see. Yes. Agreed. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Justin, do you have anything else uh, you want to lead us with? Um, I am very, very close to having the player stats that everybody wants so bad. Um, mm-hmm. I spent quite a bit of time on it today and unfortunately just couldn't get it over the finish line um, to get some fun stats for the pod. But yeah, I should have it done by next week and I'll get some of the stuff up on the website as well. But yeah, it should be pretty fun um, counting up all the stats, seeing who's been lucky with touchdowns and yards and stuff. For sure. We'll get that up there. Um, we'll also probably have a guest next week, although I don't know who it will be. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to sign up to, to be a guest, just let us know. Got lots of weeks open. And um, yeah, come ready. You know, uh, Jana was great last week. And one of the questions I really liked um, that we asked was just, you know, about you know what, what her rivalry were um you know you think it'd be obvious with the domestic bowl over there um but by the end you know she was talking about her rivalry with eric and i, I like i love hearing that kind of stuff because it's like i ha- i definitely know who my rivalries are i kind of know some of yours you know i have my ideas of who might be rivals with who but it's it's a very personal thing to to know your rival um usually it's a thing that's that's uh, you know comes from pain or suffering at a loss or maybe just the the thrill of, of being the victor in a close matchup, um, but it's something you know you can't really guess from afar. You need to you need to talk to the person that's involved in that rivalry and, and get their their feelings from it. So uh, yeah, hoping to have more guests on here and uh, in, super interested to find out you know who's everyone's rivalry, who's the matchup that you circle every season. Um, Great stuff. Great stuff. So if you want to be a guest in the future, definitely let us know. Um, aside from that, yeah, hopefully we'll get some Trevor Lawrence's going this week. If not, if we can't get Trevor Lawrence going, let's just let's just do a challenge. Now that it's voted and it's sanctioned, I'm in for it. So, you know, maybe if uh, the the pizzazz with the Trevor Lawrence is faded, maybe, you know, you guys with the uh, challenge trust brain trust can come up with something more exciting to get us going, but let's do something this week. Uh, yeah, I'm down. I'm going to start working on my Trevor Lawrence right now. So very cool. Very sweet. Um, all right. Well, for the commission, this is Austin signing off. We'll see you next week after week seven here on the bonus fantasy football podcast with a special guest. Maybe who will it be? It could be you unless you've already been a guest, but that doesn't necessarily rule you out. So apply anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For the commission, this is Austin signing off. We'll see you next week. So long. See ya. I remembered that time. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. You got it. <laughs>